Okay, so uh, you grabbed the recording equipment and you ran out to uh, do a quick interview with a couple of guys that play D&D. I did. I talked to Sam Rivera and his brother Lou Rivera, and they hipped me to some pretty cool aspects of what I thought was... Well, I really didn't know much about role-playing in Dungeons and & Dragons and all that stuff, other than the stereotypes and all that silliness. You mean it's not mini pizzas just sitting out in the basement? It, there was not a mini pizza in sight. Huh. There was uh, actually some pretty nice chili and homemade biscuits. Nice, nice. Is it something that you think uh, you would be into? If you, I mean, I mean, just knowing you, that you would... Is something you would try after... I think now that I've gotten a glimpse of how a game actually works, I think I, it's it's not something that I would scoff at, and you know maybe I could try it. Okay. So, uh, you think I should just start the interview here? Or? Yeah. Drop okay. it in. All right, people. Personality, and it really shows in their characters. I don't know. I kind of feel like they're bringing out of them a little bit. Well, it's having a good dungeon master, guys. Yeah, yeah. Just about like telling a story. All right, Sam, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Tell me about about this whole role-playing thing. How did you discover it? I was dragged into it. When I was a little kid... When I was like six or seven, my older cousin, who was maybe like 14, was like, we're going to play this game. And I'm like, okay. I didn't, wasn't sure, but my big cousin was like my big brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. He's seven years older than me, so if I was six or seven, it would have made him 13 or 14. And you're 39? Yeah. So, um, he goes, we're going to play this game. He put this piece of paper in front of me and... We rolled up a character, and I made a thief. The first character I ever made was a, was a rogue character. Not so much like, you know, running around and, you know, stealing from people, but like being able to sneak around and detect traps and climb walls. And that was that seemed the most fun to me. And my brother, who would have been five or six at the time, made a fighter just because he was just pretty much along for the ride. You know what I mean? When we were real little, I was a little more close to my older cousin than Louie was. But we're just little kids, though. You know what I mean? So so we played a few sessions, like, over, like, maybe two or three years till I was, like, eight or nine. And then we didn't play again until I was, like, 16. Nick, well, my older cousin, Nico, bought my brother and I our own sets of books. And then we had our group. And everybody was like, who's going to be the dungeon master? And nobody wanted to do it. Why not? So, because it's a big job. It's like, like knowing now, like, it's a big job. You have to, you have to know the rules. You have to make the adventure. You got to do a lot of writing. There's a lot. Dude, I spend more time getting the adventures together than we play. We play like three or four hours a week. And I spend maybe... 16 or 20 hours a week getting this stuff together. But uh, yeah, nobody else wanted to do it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then it turned out that I really liked doing it. 
I mean, I still played. I mean, I had other friends that that I dungeon that that dungeon master for me, you know. But uh, but yeah, but I I didn't really get super good at it until I was in my my twenties, you know, because I had a problem like everybody, you know, giving away stuff and just having adventures where all we do is fight stuff the whole time. But now it's rich, you know what I mean? That there's like it the the, the my spectrum is full, you know. The paintings are are has all the details in there. Not a Chicago interview unless we get some sirens in here. For sure. So, give me a little background on this whole role-playing genre, just in general. Until I met you, I really was kind of under the impression that it was, you know, I, I believe the stereotype that it was, you know, the 40-year-old virgin sitting in his mom's basement, um, you know. That's a complete misconception right there. But yeah, but the, uh, that's, that's the majority. To that's that. the, I gotta say, I'm sorry to whoever's gonna be listening to this, you know what I'm saying? They're gonna say you're a dick, Sam, but like, I gotta say, you know, that's the majority. My cousin who introduced me to this, He's a much rougher and tougher kind of person, but like his personality is big. You know, dungeon mastering doesn't require a college degree in history or to be a professor. All you need is like a good ego and the ability to tell a story. You know, that too. You know, but uh, the history as far as it goes, I don't, I don't really know exactly. I know sometime in the late '70s, you know, I was too little to to be there at the birthing of it, but I think that. The time I started playing was, I think, when it really, really started to, like, you know, take take hold because, like, it was after, like, because I think, what was it, like, in the early 80s, like, those kids got killed or whatever. I'm not, I don't know the whole story, but, like, in the 70s, Gary Gygax got together with a bunch of people. They were playing war games, like, historical war games, and, like... I'm not exactly sure what the exact story is, but like they wanted to do it on a smaller scale where you just controlled one guy through a series of adventures. Okay. And that's what turned into everything that's now. Like like every every video game has Gary Gygax and Dungeons and Dragons. Well, not every video game, but every fantasy style video game. Mm-hmm. I, I Everyone, everyone has Dungeons and Dragons to think. For their for the elves and dragons in in the fighting style. So in the eighties, there was some kind of controversy with too many people that had too much time on their hands that decided to be shit disturbers, and I guess it had something to do with the kids that were killed, which I don't really know anything about. Maybe that. we should have Wikipedia this beforehand. Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> the listeners can always Wikipedia. Sure, sure. We like to make this an interactive show. Role playing got lumped into the whole satanic panic of the '80s, along with heavy metal music, and um, I guess horror movies were were lumped in there. Unfortunately, did that affect you? Not in the least, because you know my ma, she knew I did drawings and she knew that I was a creative person, and she knew who, who was who I was doing it with. You know what I mean? She knew that when I went over to my aunt's house and we were playing Dungeons and Dragons with my cousin in the basement or his room or whatever, she knew that we were just having fun, you know? There was never, like, I never had any, there was never no bad, badness wrapped around it. There was never no, 
No, nobody ever thought that we were doing something evil. We were just having fun. You know, we yeah, were just I being kids. I, I don't even you know? understand how uh, how that whole. It's the spell casting. It's the it's the wizards and like if you look in the uh, the dungeon man, oh, not the dungeon master guide, but the the first edition monster manual. There's demons and demon lords in there. You know, so I could see where maybe that's where the root of it is. You okay. know, but like. If you really look at it, you know, people who are playing these games are heroes. Like my guy. I have a, I, I'm not only a dungeon master, but I have a character that I've played for 20 plus years. I, I haven't got to play him in the last 10 or 15 years. But still, this character, I look back on what he's accomplished and it makes my life feel a little bit bad because, you know, he's this umpteenth level super badass that can cast spells and fucking beat the crap out of dragons and things like that. And, and I forgot. Can't. Well, I mean, I, I mean, you no, I can't. <laughs> I think you could. If faced with a dragon, I think you could hold it. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was unaffected by the, by the bad stereotypes of the early 80s role-playing stuff. That's good. Was anybody close to you? None of us were. Good. I think it has something to do with, like, being in deep in the city where we grew up. You know what I mean? Like, there was only, where I grew up, you know, when I met Steve and his brother, you know, when we started playing, when I got my own group together, mm -hmm. you know, we were like the only batch of halfies. You know, there was white kids, yeah, and there was the Spanish kids, and we were in between, mm -hmm. and they didn't want nothing to do with us. Neither one of them wanted anything to do with us, mm -hmm. so there was just us. So there was a batch of us got together mm -hmm. and we played Dungeons and Dragons and hung out and, you know, broke windows and things besides that. And we were unaffected by that. I think our parents just knew better. Knew and us they better had, they too. had other things to worry about. Yeah. They were probably more worried about if you were running with a gang. Exactly. Or, That's, yes, exactly. Whereas if you were in the suburbs doing this, maybe it would be a little different. Yeah. Okay. So this kept you out of the gang, perhaps? Nah, I was never into it. I don't want to say it kept me out of a gang. Okay. I was, I knew early on I just wasn't going to. So, okay, show me, uh, let me see one of these sheets. Okay. Romulus Roan, right. wizard. Romulus Roan, the wizard. Plus twos and minus twos and levels and armor types and hit points and shield points. <laughs> And special abilities. So you guys just make up this stuff on the fly? Well, is, I mean, is there well, a... Everything is based on... I rolled really good, so I don't need any flaws. Yeah. That's a character quirk and flaw? Well, in the Hackmaster game that we play, you can get extra points to put towards your... Building your character up if you pick merits and or if you pick quirks and flaws. Height is 5'5", five five and it's still considered an elf? Yeah. yeah. Elves aren't little. I mean, like, you see Lord of the Rings. I and I would have to say that those are pretty good. I don't know. Again, probably somebody's going to be like, say, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's tables and stuff that we consult for, like, having him, you know, be 5'5". Five five. That's like the top end of the spectrum right there, you know? All right, is everybody always a hero? No, or it's just, there, no, 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 You can be a quote-unquote bad guy if you want? Oh, yeah. In fact, one of my friends, 
who experienced all of the mistakes of dungeon mastering early on, did it. He got the newest edition of Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, Sam, I want to try it. Can you will you play my game? And I was like, Yeah. So you know, we were all together with everybody who plays was together, and we were like, Okay, well let's do something different then. You guys are good in my game, so let's be evil. So we were evil asses. And my buddy who ran the game, he's a really good person. Like, his heart is really good. Mm -hmm. So, like, not that I'm bad and I can fucking, you know, like, like deal with, like, bad things and evil stuff. I'm just more experienced. You know what I mean? So it fell apart on him because our egos were bigger than his campaign. You know what I mean? We were so evil. You know what I mean? Like, we systematically set fire to this town and killed everybody. <laughs> and like like and I told him I told him like when we were making our characters he started us off a little more powerful than we should have and I told him I was like first off dude none of us have played the game you know um there's always a learning curve you know mm -hmm. so and although the newest edition of D&D &D is pretty easy yeah. and it's pretty smooth yeah. you know um starting at a higher level than first especially for never playing the game it's going to be a little hard for everybody. Okay. So it sort of fell apart. There's a thing called rules lawyering, which I'll get into a little bit later if you want to talk about that. Rules. Rules lawyering. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Hackmaster is not Dungeons and Dragons. No. But it's loosely based on. Well, the, the edition of Hackmaster that we're playing is loosely based on first edition Dungeons and Dragons. So Dungeons and Dragons is not a collective um, title for what you do. Dungeons and Dragons is a copyrighted something, as is Hackmaster, yeah. as is, um, what's that other one you were doing? Riffs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those, those are all different, but they're all role-playing. Yeah. Okay. There's different genres, you know, like this one is fantasy, you know? Okay, so yeah, it, it's not, that was another thing I wanted to ask, is it's not all medieval-based. No. Nope. What about the figures? Oh, that's just hobby. They don't they they don't get incorporated into the yeah each um they're not all there but the figures yeah uh it's nice to have a representation of the guy just for combat because I got a little grid that I lay down like let's say for instance they're walking down you're walking down a path with your with your group and you know you see a batch of orcs jump out I lay down my little grid and you know I put. You know, there's 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 rules for how much movement you can move on your turn and stuff like that. So it's just nicer for them to see what's going on. You know what I mean? Okay. It based makes, on the roll of the die. Yeah, based on whether you hit. I mean, well, yeah, of course. That's the only reason for the figures, and they're badass, man. You paint. They're beautiful. You painted these all yourself. Oh, uh, my brother is better than I am at it, just because he's more patient with it. Oh yeah, they, yeah. You got to be really. There's a lot of intricate little details yeah. on here. Um. So, but but you don't. Uh, I'm gonna get you, Spider. Uh, that sort of thing. I don't know what you're saying. Like. Oh, uh, so like. No, they get. No, no, no. They get into it, man. They they get the. They 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 get into it. No, they get oh, into God, it, dude. Sorry. It's hilarious. No, no, they get into it, dude. It's hilarious. That's awesome. All right, cool. The dice, the die. There's a whole shitload of die. Yeah. 
Can I touch him? Is it okay? Yeah, it's, it's fine. not like a, no, no, a, it's not taboo. No, a, a magic not, object. No, it's okay. Not so you have a bowl of various dice. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need every one of those dice in there. It's just nice because there was an incident where I was waiting on the train a few years ago, and I was getting a book out, and I used to keep my dice in a, a Tupperware container. Mm-hmm. And the dice jumped out of my backpack and committed suicide on the train station. Yikes. So I've been slowly replenishing my dice collection. So no, but oh, I gotta say the twenty sider has got to be the most, pretty much the most important one because that's the one you use for attacking or defending or making some sort of saving throw. That's where, like, you know, for inspiration for my games and stuff like that, I really dig like. David Attenborough specials. I like to hear that dude talk, mm-hmm. you know, and like I like to see stuff where there's like if we were watching the Planet Earth just now. Yeah, I like the the landscapes and and you know I always think when they show these red like mountain ranges, I'm like, man, there's orcs in there or there's a dragon living in there. Nice. You know what I mean? There's something. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Especially like the there was one particular one where they were talking about caves yeah and i was just like the whole time dude i was like dungeon yeah. dungeon there's fucking drought down there or there's there's some sort of terrible underground dwelling creature that these poor fools are gonna encounter right you know what i mean like the whole time i'm just thinking this it was hilarious man. so do you so as you go about your day if you have like a game coming up you're watching a nature special you think of these things and you you know, incorporate this mountain range into the into the game. So maybe there's somebody at work that pisses you off that you decide to turn into an ogre. Oh, completely. For... Oh, fucking completely. Yes, yes, completely. How about like dreams? I don't know, man. Like that's kind of a that's a that's that's a weird subject for me. Just cause being the artist that I am and the art that you see, like my dreams are like I have like. It's more like images than like, you know, I was riding a horse through the woods on a starry night. You know what I mean? Like, like I have dreams where things happen to me, but it's never something like I want to turn into an adventure. You know what I mean? It's like, it's always like those weird colorful things that you see the drawings that I have, you know? All right, so you're, uh, you're Sam's brother. Sam's brother. Also known as Roger Dirtyfoot. How'd you get into gaming? Oh, uh, I started gaming pretty early, uh, pretty early on as a kid. I think I was maybe seven or eight, and my cousin, my older cousin, uh, me and Sammy, uh, he started running games for us when we were about that young. And uh, yeah, you know, just like using your imagination, and you know, when you're a kid, it's super easy to do that kind of stuff, and. Uh, it's just like, you know, playing cops and robbers, but instead you're playing, you know, you're a thief or you're a magic user or you're a fighter and you're going to run through this dungeon and kill a bunch of monsters, you know? Right, right. And you're older, younger than Sam? I'm younger than Sam. Okay. A couple years? Uh, 23 months. Okay. So you're, you're close enough. Yeah, yeah. Pretty close. Pretty close in age. All right. You don't dungeon master. No, I don't dungeon master. Once in a while, I, I like to run um, like Call of Cthulhu or or a Ravenloft Adventure or something like. I like the I like the little bit of more of a scarier aspect of 
of D&D, you know. Okay, yeah, because we just pretty much touched on the medieval aspects. Sure. Because um, that's pretty much what everyone's familiar with. Sure. Or uh, he talked about riffs, which is more of a futuristic thing. Mm-hmm. But there's also the vampire one. Yeah, there's vampire. Uh, Ravenloft is uh, an expansion world for Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, Call of Cthulhu is basically, it's it's much like Palladium or Rifts, um, but it's based in like the 1920s, and it's all about uh, the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. Real horror, like horror based, and like you know, it deals a lot with like sanity, the unknown. Like Cthulhu is supposed to be like this ultimate being that lives in the it lives in the bottom of the ocean, sleeping, and like he he like touches humans and like gives them like a little bit of his like knowledge and like drives him crazy, right. you know. So, so rolling a dice in that game, you, it might involve uh, instead of being uh, you know killed by a giant spider, you uh, end up losing your sanity yeah. and becoming yeah. a slave yeah. to, uh, <laughs> to the elder gods. Yep, yep. We've been we've been playing with Sam um, as him as being the dungeon master for. You know, a good 15 years now, and um, I feel like it was like a growing, growing experience for players as well as the dungeon master. You know, I feel like we all learn our, our roles a little differently, and just the uh, the excitement when everyone's into the game. It's it's so it's it's like being in another world for sure. You know, like but you gotta you know it's all about participation too. How far you want to let how far you want to let that go for yourself. You know, um, obviously, if you're not into it or, you know, you're just, you know, a gold hoard or something, you know, it defeats the purpose of the game. You know, a what? A uh, gold hoard. A gold hoard? Yeah, gold hoard. Do tell. Like, someone who's only in it for, like, you know, what they can get. Oh, I want the plus three sword. If I don't get the plus three sword, I'm not going to be happy. Mm. You know, that kind of thing. So um, that their character ends up being stronger yeah, than the Yeah, and it's like, others. you know, I feel like a lot of people think that, like, you know, D&D is a game that you win. It's not necessarily a game that you win. It's a game that you play. It's something that, that you know, I mean, yeah, you may win the battle, but overall, your character's going to die at the end of the night, you know? So, like, the difference there, I feel like, is to, to keep the game ongoing. Um, as far as, like, you know, I have good experiences with Sam's games. Uh, I want to say they've all been good. You know, we had a rough, uh, you know, he had a rough, like first beginning you know we all went through growing pains and he's learned he's learned to be a better dm like through discussions that we've had as far as like um you know stop giving so much loot away you know don't give don't give larry that plus three sword because he doesn't deserve it you know uh make it more challenging you know it's like you know if you if you if you're playing a game where everything is just handed to you it takes the fun out of it sure we had all worked on our characters We'd been playing the same Hackmaster game for a good six to eight months, and we were all pretty pretty deep into our characters. Um, we all had put a lot of work into them, and like I've gone I've gone to links where I wrote a biograph about my character and like showed it to Sam and like helped him build his world with like you know my background and like and like hashing out some of the other characters' backgrounds and like really put a lot of work in this character and like you know. 
you 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 feel like this like love for that character, you know, like to the point where like, you know, he's an extension of yourself, and like for him to die would be a bummer. Right. So we're playing this game, and one of our friends that plays with us occasionally, uh, he's kind of like he's got the only child syndrome, and he you know he just doesn't get along well with others sometimes, and he wasn't having a good time, and he shot from the hip, and. And killed the whole party off. Uh -huh. And it was totally depressing for me. I think I was depressed for a good week and a half that my character had died. You know, like I had painted my own miniature. Like uh, like I said, I wrote my own, my own background, my own story for him. And, and I was, yeah, I was pretty sad when that character died. Because we had just put so much work into that campaign to have someone, you know, uh, uh, just destroy it because he's not having a good time. So when you make up your character, do you pretty much keep the same character through uh, multiple campaigns? Or no, not necessarily. Make one up for each one. Each each game, I try to do a little bit of a different character. Um, I try not to let you know. I mean, your characters always have the basis of you behind them, you know. Um, but like as far as like playing different characters or different games, I try to play a different character for each game, like. The new game we just started playing right now is uh, uh, I started playing a cleric. Never played a cleric before. I uh, when I was rolling up my character, thinking about what this kind of, what this guy would kind of be like. You know, he's an old man. He's in his fifties. Uh -huh. You know, uh, I've never played a cleric before. I never played an old man before either. So you get into it, you play the voice, and you know you're ornery, and you know just difficult, and like yeah. try to you know roll those aspects into your character as far as like. Um, just, just something different. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there are there are players that can't really break the mold of playing the same character, even though they're playing something different. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just feel like that's something you learn with time. You know, like I've been playing now. I mean, man, it's got to be, you know, thirty years. I've been playing role playing games. You know, so yeah. I feel like, you know, it's just like, um, like acting acting out a different character or a different facet of yourself. Right. Yeah, part of this whole thing that we're doing is kind of dispelling the stereotype of the, you know, basement dwelling, sure. um, you know, um, you know, virgin loser kind of <laughs> right character that is portrayed, you know, in the media. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I'm not a Satan worshiper. Yeah, you know? that's the thing that we, that we talked you know? about. Did that affect you at all, the whole 1980s? Not really, man. I mean, because I was pretty young when that, when, you know, that's, you know, 1980s. I was pretty young when that, when that was like, you know, the stigma about Dungeons and Dragons. But as far as like the nerd in the basement, you know, not, not losing his virginity and just sitting around with a bunch of dudes in your basement playing D&D, that's definitely not the case. You know, I have a life, I have a girlfriend, you know, I play in two bands, right. you know, uh, I'm a pretty well-rounded person, and that doesn't, you know, I, I play D&D, &D and I tell people this, and they're like, you do what? And right. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, it's one of the things I do. I also, you know, I'm in a bowling league, you know, it's like, I have a life besides Dungeons and Dragons, right. but Dungeons and Dragons, I feel like, is, is such a huge part of my life that I wouldn't <laughs> give it up, you right. know? So you most, so you... Always played with friends, or um, yeah, have always, you played with strangers? Uh, I've always I've always played with friends. Um, occasionally, um, uh, we've gotten new people in the group that have stuck around um, and played played with them. Uh, as far as that kind of stuff goes, 
Um, I've never actually like sat in on a game like in a in a, in a uh, like a game store. A lot of game stores hold their own games sure. like, in there. You can just go in and sign up and play a game. I've never done something like that. Um, it's pretty much just a friend thing, and not to say that you know. If some guy that I, you know, work with or someone that I just met would want to come and play our game, and I'm like, sure, come and check it out. You know, it's open to all. I, I, there's no, like, I would be open to having anyone come and play it. So if I had my, if I played with, like, I had my own campaign and I had my own dungeon master and sure. I had my own little thing going, mm-hmm. but if I says, hey, can I get in on your game, would I bring my own character? <laughs> Well, or that, that would be something that that is would that be part something. of the rules. Is that something that the dungeon master would decide? Yeah, that's something you'd have to take up with your DM. Usually, the dungeon master wants to be there when you roll up your character. Mm-hmm. You know, just for you know, there are a lot of cheaters out there, like the people that want to hoard all the gold. Yeah. You know, like oh, I wrote my scores at home. Like no, you didn't, dude. You wrote those scores in. Yeah. You know, so let's sit down together and we'll roll those scores up and you know. Uh, uh, hammer out your character together, you know, like you and the dungeon master. Okay. Um, um, as far as like, so if, like you were saying, like you had your own campaign and your own DM, like if you invited me to come and play with you guys, I wouldn't have a problem with that, you know. Um, I would, you know, sure, I, I don't think I would be as open as I am with my group that I am now, but at the same time, like, you know, I put my all into it and try, try and be the character that, you know, I'm trying to portray, you know. I feel like people that really get into it and really put the effort forth get more out of it. Growing up in Chicago and, you know, growing up poor too, it was something that we could do to escape the the BS of our own lives. You know, basically it was like, well, I'm going to go live in this world for, you know, five or six hours a week. Right. You know, because it was like an escape from like the realities of like all the BS that we had to deal with on a normal basis. Right. And yeah, it definitely kept us out of trouble and, uh, uh, I think I think made us better people too. Like, you know, as far as interacting with others and um, uh, staying out of jail. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same way that some people would naturally gravitate <coughs> towards sports. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Were you into sports? No, no, uh-huh. never into sports. I I do watch the occasional basketball game now. Um, uh, I have a lot of my friends that I don't play D and D with are into sports. Uh-huh. Um, I've been to quite a few uh, football parties and just been like, oh, I don't care what team wins, you know? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to knock if everyone gets into their own thing, you know? I don't know if that, like, stems from, you know, playing D&D so early in my life, in my life or, you know, like, I just, like, everybody in, everybody around me was playing D&D. And, you know, I didn't have any friends when I was a kid that were, like, playing sports and stuff. So, yeah. like, I mean, me and Sammy... Uh, skateboarded for a long time when we were kids, you know. That's just because that was, you know, what everybody else was into. But I mean, yeah, as far as sports, I think that was the only thing that me and that me and Sammy ever played was was uh, you know skateboarding. We did that for quite a while, you know. And basically, you know, when you're playing a role playing game, what it pretty much is is you remember playing cops and robbers when you were a kid, mm-hmm. or just using your imagination to do that. It's basically the same thing, only the difference is you've got a sheet of paper in front of you with all your abilities and everything that you can do, uh-huh. and whatever there's, if there's a percentage there where you can roll on to see if you can actually do that action or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, say a thief would want to 
move silently, you're going to roll a percentile dice, and if you make it, you're moving silently. If you're not, then you're not moving silently. But you don't necessarily know that. You know what I mean? So, like, you could, oh, I failed my roll. But your character would think, okay, I'm still moving silently. You know? Because you don't know that you're not, right. but you failed your roll. Okay. So, um, that's basically what it is. So, like, and... But what I love about D&D and all the different types of role-playing games is every rule is optional. Okay. You don't have to know the rules to play the game. You can sit around with a bunch of, bunch of veterans and work out your character sheet and, um, and everyone will help you out with the rules. And, you know, I can't say I've ever played a D&D game that we that we hung on to every single rule that was in the book. Right. Because if you do that, then you're you know you're playing a board game. Right. You know like we're you know like my dungeon master Sammy like he has his own his own ideals of what some of these rules should be like. Some of them really aren't fair, mm -hmm. or like to our opinion aren't fair, so he won't use them. Mm -hmm. Other ones are like, yeah, dude, you gotta pray to your god to get your spells. Yeah. If you're not gonna do it, forget it. You're not getting these spells. Right. You know so. Um, as far as like anybody, like I want to say that anybody that hasn't played a role-playing game wouldn't need a, a, you know, you wouldn't need to read the book backwards and forwards to play. You could sit down and run through the basic rules of the game and learn how to play like you learn how to play Monopoly, you know. And like I like I said earlier, you get out of it what you put into it. You know, it's your imagination. My dungeon master is going to set the scene and what we're supposed to do, and usually he's got like a, a it's like a, 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 a spiel or like there's something that we're supposed to do yeah. or something that's going to happen, but usually um, it's wherever they're going to take you. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like one of those books that you read where you get to the bottom of the page and you go, well, this is does your does. Does you know? Does Lothar go through the cavern, or does Lothar go on the outside of the world? And you know, it yeah, says, yeah, choose your, yeah, own, yeah, adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. You know, so kind of the same thing. You know, and like I feel like, you know, the imagination part that gets into it is you gotta want to be there to really enjoy it. You okay. Know? Well, that's it for me. All right. Good talking. Was to that you. enough? Yes, sir. All right then.